Hello everyone, it's this time of the year again that we have this mission series and I, I pray that uh, all of you are, are uh, doing fine and uh, you are all in faith knowing that God is in control of the situation. Even with all these things that are happening in the world today, let's just continue to intercede for the nation. Let's just, let's just pray in faith that the Lord will, uh, will end this at the right time. And all of us will be sustained, you know, all throughout this lockdown and quarantine. And I, I hope and I pray that you are enjoying your time together as well with your family. I'd like to introduce my family to you. Uh, you know, this is my family. And, uh, you know, we, just looking back in all these seven months of quarantine that we, we did a lot of things that we were not able to do uh, before the lockdown, you know. So... Uh, those are very precious moments. And in the midst of this pandemic, I believe that um, the mission continues, that nothing and no one can stop the spread of the gospel. In fact, more and more people are being reached by the gospel online, you know, in, in the rest of the world. So our, our title for this series is The Mission Continues. And at the end of this series, our people will have a clearer understanding of the power of the gospel to change not only lives but nations as well. And the responsibility of the believer to that mission. So our two-part series is entitled, first one, the gospel's power, and the second one is the gospel's fulfillment. Since Victory has dedicated most of 2020 to the expositions of Romans, we have entitled it, The Gospel Explained. We decided to use Romans as a text of the mission series as well. Since uh, part of uh, Paul's purpose in writing this letter was to collect offerings from the church in Rome for the poor in Jerusalem and on his way to Spain to plant churches. This could be the very first mission newsletter in history. The main theme of Romans is the power of the gospel for salvation. But running through Romans is the equally important theme that the same power not only saves individuals, but redeems nations as well. We can look at it at the first chapter of Romans in verses 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Says the gospel. The gospel or the good news. Okay? The gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. So the title of this uh, uh, week's uh, message is The Gospel's Power. What is the gospel? It is the good news. And I, I like it uh, the way Dr. Rice Books uh, shared it. And he said, the gospel is the good news that the God became man in Christ Jesus. He lived the life we should have lived and died the death he should have died in our place. Three days later, he rose from the dead, proving he is the Son of God and offering the gift of salvation and forgiveness of sins to everyone or to anyone who repents and believes in him. That's the reason why we go into all the world. It is because it's God's command. He commissioned us to fulfill the Great Commission. The Great Commission 
is the greatest challenge ever given to man by the greatest person who ever lived concerning the greatest power ever revealed and the greatest promise ever recorded to preach the greatest message, the gospel of Jesus Christ, to the greatest platform, which is the whole world. We have been entrusted with the gospel, and I pray that God will find us faithful. Even the Apostle Paul said, Woe to me if I would not preach the gospel. He's very much convinced that there is the preaching of the gospel is so important that people have to hear it. That is why he traveled everywhere in the world to preach the gospel. And as we begin, let us pray. Lord, thank you for this wonderful time together. We thank you that you are in control of everything from the beginning of this lockdown until now. Lord, thank you for sustaining us. Thank you, Lord God, that uh, Lord God, that, that nothing and no one can stop the spread of the gospel, that the gospel will be preached. Lord God, uh, Lord God it cannot be uh, hindered. It cannot be limited. Lord, we thank you that your word is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, bones and marrows. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of our hearts. Nothing in all creation is hidden from your sight. Everything is laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. We thank you, Lord God, that we will not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And your word will not fall to the ground and die, but will accomplish its purpose to whom it is sent. Use me, Lord, as I share your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Our scripture for today is in Romans chapter 10, verse 12 to 13. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? John verse 17 so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So we'll talk about two things today. Number one is that the gospel unites nations. It is only Christ Jesus who can unite nations that are in contact with one another, that are different from one another. In Romans chapter, uh, chapter 1 verse 16, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. To the Jew first and also to the Greeks. You have to understand that the gospel is meant you know, to, to, uh, to the Jews, to the people of God, to the Israelites. But so many Jews are refusing to believe in the Messiah. And so God extended it to the Gentiles. And he said in verse 12, there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. So it says there's no distinction. They're not different anymore. All men, Jew and Gentile alike, are all guilty of sin and stand in judgment. Same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. So now, everyone who calls upon the Lord now can be saved. There is no distinction between the Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, 
restoring its riches on all who call on him. And then in verse 13, it continues to say, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What follows then is this strong exhortation for the churches to send and preach the gospel so all the world will hear and believe. There is now the importance of doing that. And through the years, we've been sending uh, missionaries to different nations for them you know, to be able to preach the gospel to the people there. Okay. Um, in Nepal, for example, there is a caste system. The people of the lower caste cannot be together with the higher caste. Okay, But in our churches in uh, every nation, Nepal, in uh, Lalitpur and Kathmandu, they all come together to worship. You know, they, they mingle with each other. They're friends. They're brothers. They are all children of God, even though they belong in different caste systems. And not only that, even the staff are mixed. You know, some of the staff belong to the lower caste and, and higher caste as well. And they work together. They, they, uh, they work together to advance the kingdom of God in Nepal. No matter, you know, the culture is, uh, uh, has a different uh, way of treating each other. You know, so they are a good example of nation, the whole nation being united in Christ because they have the same thing. And I would also like to cite an uh, example like India and Pakistan. You know, they're enemies. But, you know, we have churches in both of these uh, nations. But they, when they come together in conferences, come together for worship, you know, they, they enjoy each other. They are together because they are all, we are all children of God. We are all uh, have the same faith. We have one Lord as well. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 to 29. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ and put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. For you are all one in Jesus Christ. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to to the promise. All of us are all one in Christ. The gospel unites nations. And then the second thing is the gospel transforms nations. And it is true discipleship. And from the very beginning, from the very start of our ministry, you know, we are committed to go and make disciples of nations. And for us to be able to understand, you know, when you say disciple the nations, you are making sure that the gospel is making an impact in every sector of society. And we've seen that happen, you know, when, when I started a student in, in Victory, every nation, you know, we are disciple there, you know, many students are disciple during that time because we're reaching out to the campuses. And and eventually these uh, this students will graduate and they will work. You know, so they, they will bring those godly principles wherever they are. So they will make an impact in business. Some of them in education, in schools, in, in, in the government, in, in, even in entertainment, in arts, you know, and even in sports. You know, the seven molders of culture are religion, family, business, arts and entertainment, government, education, and media. And, and I can confidently say that more than three decades later, you know, all of these sectors of society, you know, are being represented 
you know, by the disciples that are trained, you know, when they were young, when they were in the campuses. So it really works, you know, to disciple them. It's the only way for, for us to see the change in the nation, for, for us to see the nations transform as we disciple the young people today so that eventually they'll be prepared wherever God will put them in different sectors of society to make an impact. Romans 10, 14 and 15 says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of, of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? See, all of those hows, you know, it, it's, 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 it is as if it's saying, it is impossible, you know. How can we do this if we don't send? If nobody will, will speak, if nobody will send. Nobody will hear if nobody will speak to them. Nobody will preach the gospel. This sending, of course, uh, refers to uh, not really sending cross-cultural missionaries at first, but sending witnesses, people to go as witnesses, to share the gospel, to testify about Jesus Christ. But of course, what we're talking about here is that when we want to impact the nations, we have to send people cross-culturally, and they're called missionaries. We send them with one purpose to make disciples of that nation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So this includes the sending of missionaries to take the gospel to the nations. When churches send missionaries, believers will preach the gospel, nations will hear the gospel, and nations will believe in Christ. Because nations will call on the name of the Lord. And, you know, we have seen that happen already. You know, the, the missionaries that we send, you know, be, because, uh, you know, their goal is, is to actually disciple, you know, the locals. And then eventually, you know, they will impact the rest of the nation and they will be able to transform the nation with the gospel of Jesus Christ as people will be saved. Paul himself was sent from Antioch and himself sent missionaries throughout his ministry. For nations to call on the name of the Lord, nations must believe in Christ. Nations must hear the gospel. Believers must preach the gospel. Churches must send missionaries. There's no other way okay, for nations to be able to hear the gospel. Somebody had to go there, wherever they are, even to the ends of the earth, for them to be able to share the gospel. We can, trans you know, the Bible is translated, the gospel is translated in different languages, so that they can effectively hear, so there will be no loss in translations. Even our missionaries are trained, you know, to, to learn the language and even the culture so that they can effectively preach the gospel to them. If churches don't send missionaries, no one will preach the, the gospel to the nations. No one, nations won't hear the gospel. Nations won't believe in Christ and nations won't call on the name of the Lord. So how will they be saved? I want us to understand that it is a privilege to be used by God. It is always a privilege. You know, we have all given the opportunity. We have been reconciled with Christ and we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. I hope that you are challenged you know, to reach out to the lost wherever you are, while you're here, before God will even send you out there in different nations or wherever God will bring you. While you're here, reach out. And I believe that this is the moment also 
that we have a lot of opportunity to be able to reach out to other people, to the lost, to the, to the lonely, you know, to, our, to the depressed, to the harassed and helpless, to the people that are like sheep without a shepherd. It is a privilege to be used by God. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. I'd like to share with you a testimony of Arlan. Okay, I, I was able to meet him uh, when I went there in uh, 2017. Okay, that's just uh, uh, not 2019, but 2017. Uh, we we had this uh, farewell pizza party, so the first time that I met him, and he's an architect and he's an architecture student, and and I'm a, I'm a civil engineer by profession. So we were able to have a common ground, you know, to talk to, and he's just telling me about his plans and all of these things. So. I, I spent um, most of my time that evening when we had the pizza party in Kazakhstan. And, uh, you know, he's been attending and, and he was reached out by the team. So uh, it was during the 2017 also that uh, our team, our church planting team met in, in, there in Almaty, Kazakhstan. And um, Arlan started talking with the team after conducting an English outreach class in a university. He speaks four to five languages. Okay, he decided to practice conversational English and opened the door for them to meet him more often. They discovered that he reads the Quran in Arabic and speaks the language too. So Chris, the church planting team leader, was one of those who followed on him and their English practices and discussions naturally flowed from different topics like culture, the goals, their beliefs. So Chris offered our land the time to know more about Jesus, the Jesus that we know, and not the Jesus that Quran and Islam describes. So their meetings became more frequent when Arlan became jobless for a season. Language barrier is still a challenge, especially in Central Asia, you know, because they're all under uh, Russia, USSR before, so they speak Russian and, and even in Kazakhs. No? Though Arlan speaks English, the missionaries had to make sure that the, he understood what they were sharing. It was a long journey of discipleship in sharing who really Jesus is. Arlan was very interested to study and know more about Christianity and Jesus as our Lord. He did not only meet with Chris and the team to discuss about the Word, he also attended the Sunday gatherings and eventually, that eventually turned into services. Though it took time for him to surrender his life to Christ and, and acknowledge him as Lord, it is the local church community and sense of belonging to spiritual family that really encouraged him to believe in Jesus and to continue following him. Arlan, who always thought of himself and noticeably became more sensitive to the needs of others. The jokes he laughed at with his friends changed. He is now reading his Bible, doing one-to-one -one with Christ and attending church services every Sunday. He is even bringing his friends to the church, to the church services and introducing, introducing them to the team. He's been helping in setting up and cleaning during Sunday services. He was also one of the translators during the preaching on Sunday before. Okay, so just continue to pray for him. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm still in touch with Arlan, you know, through WhatsApp. And, uh, you know, he's, he's really, a, you know, a, a man full of vision and, and even passion. And I believe that he will be the future leader of our church in Arlan. And let's just pray that he will continue to grow in faith and, and uh, he will have the burden to reach out to his fellow Kazakhs. You know, the start of this pandemic, you know, some businessmen declared that, you know, they write off the 2020, they canceled 2020. 
And maybe they have the right to say that because they're businessmen. They can predict, you know, because of the economic situation. But for us Christians, we here in Victory and Every Nation, of course, we know that God is in full control. We launched the hashtag Good News 2020 to showcase the other wonderful things that's happening during the pandemic, not only here in the Philippines, but even in other parts of the world. And with our constant, you know, uh, connection with our missionaries during this lockdown, you know, through the digital platform that God has provided us, the online services are surprisingly uh, increasing. You know, even our missionaries are surprised that that those that uh, they were inviting before before the lockdown, now they are starting to attend. You know, in the services, and more and more people are, are getting saved. You know, everything is online, even discipleship, one-to-one trainings, Victory Weekend, and even English Corner, their outreaches. So many wonderful things and, and amazing things that we are highlighting. That's why it's 2020 is still uh, a year of good news. And we still have three months more, and I believe that there's still more that we can share and we can actually experience of the goodness of God and the opportunity that we have as we preach the gospel. More and more families, relatives that are attending and joining our small groups. Let's just believe together that uh, uh, that the gospel will be preached to, to the lost people. You know, as of the moment, the whole world, we have about Philipp- uh, 176 Filipino missionaries in 45 nations. And in Asia, we, are, we have 106 Filipino missionaries in 20 nations. You know, the harvest is plentiful, and but still the workers are few. That's why we're committed to train and raise up more missionaries to be sent into the nations of the world. These are the nations that are uh, uh, that most of our, or all of our missionaries are in. Bangladesh, Brunei, Cambodia, Hong Kong, India, Japan, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Laos, Macau, Maldives, Pakistan, Philippines, South Korea, Taiwan, Tajikistan, Thailand, Timor-Leste, Uzbekistan, and Vietnam. And another exciting a church friend that we have is Panama. The team is already set to go. You know, they're ready, but the pandemic came, and so they're still here. But you know what? Because of the online or the digital platform that we have, they are still able to reach with the Panamanian students. You know, they have online uh, follow-ups and online uh, English English classes. In fact, uh, just recently, they, they launched this uh, outreach that they have entitled Students Online Fiesta. And there are a lot of students, you know, there, uh, you know, this, the, the, the nation is getting ready, you know, even before they arrive there, they already have some contacts. It's amazing that, that, you know, even with the negative things that are happening in the pandemic, there's still some more good news and nothing and no one can stop the spread of the gospel. So even before they arrive Panama, there are already people there that are starting, you know, and make, and believing, you know, for the arrival and preparing the way for them. So let's pray for that um, church plan in Panama. So we, we all accomplish this because our people continually give, continually pray, and continually are going to the nations. We are committed as a church to pray, give, and go. It is a great opportunity for us to, to be a part of what God is doing. All of us has this opportunity. All of us has this privilege to be able to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. I believe that together we can make it happen. 
Together, we can be a part of uniting and transforming nations with the gospel of Jesus Christ. God has been faithful. You know, God has been providing for us. God has been leading us. God has been uh, uh, opening the doors for us. And so uh, all we have to do is to pray, to give, and to grow. And I pray that he will find us faithful in fulfilling the Great Commission as well. I believe that there's still a lot more nations out there that, uh, that is uh, ready to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why we have, to, we have to go. We have to send missionaries to these nations. I would like to end with this verse in uh, Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. And this is like a prophetic snapshot. You know that after, it says, After this I look and behold a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and language, standing before the throne and before the land. Every nation, every tribe, peoples and languages will be represented in heaven someday. You know, this is a prophetic statement. This is what we can expect as we faithfully give, faithfully pray, and faithfully go into the nations. Let's send more and more missionaries that will preach the gospel so that they will call upon the name of the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for this challenge, Lord God, that you've given us, for reminding us that you have reconciled us to yourself through Christ, and you have given us the ministry of reconciliation. Thank you for sending Jesus Christ as the ultimate missionary. Thank you that missions is very personal to him, very personal to you, because you send your son to die on the cross to forgive us of our sins. This is the message. This is the gospel that we will bring to the nations of the world. Thank you so much for this privilege. Lord, we have only one life to live and we want to give it our best shot. Lord, we want to invest everything that we have, our time, our money, our energy, to the things that really matter in this world, to the things that are of eternal values. The lost people matter to you, so they should matter to us. Thank you, Lord God. I pray that you find us faithful as we continue to be a part of the Great Commission, to pray, to give, and to go. Thank you, Lord. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen.